And what are you going to wear to that quarantine cookout? Well, DTLR Villa got you. They have 60% off of select styles at DTLR Villa. And they're giving you free shipping when you buy over $25 worth of merchandise. So make sure you shop now. And you can get the 60% off when you go to millennials.us backslash shop so that you can be looking fresh at the quarantine cookout. So don't say I didn't tell you, okay? So that is millennials.us backslash shops. This is for my millennial. Baby, you got it. opinions expressed by millennials anonymous podcast and their guests and contributors are of those guests and contributors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the millennials anonymous podcast and any content provided by our content contributors or guests or anyone else are of their own opinions and are not intended to malign any religion ethnic group club organization company individual or anyone or anything this is purely entertainment folks now let's get it extra 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 smooth yes that's my girl Aaliyah her music has come back on the DSPs but we also have a guest today and I'm excited but before I can do that welcome back to a brand new episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast yes this is your girl Lisa Winnie and I am a fucking millennial I said that aggressive because I have to because I had a hell of a day I had a hell of a day. I got some news. I got some news today that I wasn't expecting. I will talk about it in a minute. But we have a guest. Mr. Chick Smooth is in the house. Yes, I had to leave Instagram town skedaddle past Facebook path. Okay, all the way to YouTube land to ask Mr. Chase Smooth to come and come on to Millennials Anonymous. We need you in the meeting. The meeting has started, okay? So we will be talking to him soon. He is a entertainment and social commentator. He is a professional YouTuber. And he has given us all of the entertainment deets as well as music, okay? So we will have Mr. Chicks Mood coming up really, really soon. But I have to tell you, I have to tell you, listen, I've been I've been preaching to the choir. I guess what, bitch? To the choir, okay? Coronavirus! Preaching to the choir for many, many moons, uh, probably over a year about COVID and how the severity of COVID. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I got some news today that shocked the fuck out of me. It's some news, you ever got some news you was not expect, like you were not expecting this today. Like it was like, I, nope, wasn't, nope, not, it wasn't even in the planner, wasn't on my repertoire, wasn't in my horizon. It wasn't anywhere, okay? Nowhere did I ever think that this would be the news I was getting. And I got the, that dreaded call that it was like, gotcha, bitch. I'm not feeling good and I'm going to go get tested for COVID. And I said, oh. And you would think because the symptoms weren't so Delta, Miss Delta, let me tell you about Miss Delta, baby. Miss Delta don't play. 
Miss Delta is she is different. She built different than Miss Corona. Okay, she is built different from Miss Corona Lachey. She don't she don't do simple. Okay, she is she is very contagious. She is flying in these friendly skies. She is in these airways, and she is going to get in your chest. She plays no games. She is not for play. She is for real. And she is really causing havoc. She's not writing jokes. She's not doing no stand-up. She is not taking names. She is not in no restaurant, baby. She is for real. And it is impacting people every single day. And this person is somebody who is very, very close to me. This is family. Like We're not talking about no friends. We're not talking about no associates. This is family. La familia. And when I tell you that when I got that message that I, yes, I, yes, I do have COVID because she said her symptoms, it was weird. Cause she said like, she, she had like a cold, like cold symptoms and like a sore throat that wouldn't go away. So everything she would do, nothing made the sore throat go away. And then she, she went to go get tested and she came up that she had COVID. And I had just seen her not too long ago. Now, mind you, we are both fairly cautious so when i'm around her always six feet apart you know more than always have a mask on or are outside outdoors so we follow protocol or i follow protocol really really well yep you've not figured it out i have anxiety okay and so when you have anxiety you're anxious about everything but your senses are also really really heightened so you probably drive people crazy with the amount of restrictions and the shit you pay attention to so luckily you know i went to go get tested which is crazy as fuck okay so you know first of all you you gotta make an appointment to get the covid test which is crazy because it's like some people was like oh no you can just you can come tuesday don't answer okay like i was like oh you really just want me out here just out here in these streets like this okay so when i finally found somebody that i could get a covid test same day i went and showed up to the thing and they make you stick that shit up your own nose i was like for the rapid test i was like i don't feel qualified um i don't feel like i should be doing this this is not my job um you don't you don't want to do it no okay so hey, they make you ram that shit up your own nose and she's like oh well when it's when it hurts you stop ma'am um that's not what you tell somebody okay uh that's not the way to get me to ram a q-tip up my fucking nose but that's what ha happened. And so I guess I test. I don't know if I tested negative because I didn't stick this shit off my nose or what. But it, it did come back negative. So I'm very happy because I have 50 loving children and animals. And that would have been a nightmare. So I'm happy that I do not have COVID. But it was a rude awakening for me that it doesn't matter how cautious you are you could potentially still get covid if you let your guard down so my anxiety saved me and my family from covid but everybody doesn't have the levels of anxiety that i have so for those of you that don't listen you need to take this shit very seriously like i know it's a lot of y'all that are still like we spent a year and a half debating this shit whether or not it was real like i don't know 
if it's real i think they making it up because i think they trying to take over so that they can get the five video games i got from my ps5 that i got like i, I don't know what people thought but they they that's what they fuck they thought and you know so they we debated that and then once we got past that even though some people still believe it's fake then it was oh it's just a cold and then once we got past oh it's a little bit more than a cold and we like oh it's just killing old people i'ma still go to miami because i need to twerk on a pole like then we once we got past oh it's killing young people too oh it's killing kids oh oh but it's it's not everybody it's just you know it's just killing them oh it's 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 a black thing it's a poor thing it's a like it was always something and i need for y'all to take this shit serious it doesn't matter if you white black or otherwise you need to take this serious just want to go outside without worrying about whether or not i get a runny nose if i got fucking covid like i we tired like let's let's get this shit together let's wrap this shit up like like, i'm i'm tired there are some countries that they are not fully rid of covid but they're doing much better than us. So let's wrap this shit up. Okay, I, it's time. This is time to go. I get pull, get pull the bus up. Let's get on, let's drive off. I'm tired. Let's stop this now, okay? I don't, I don't care if you, whatever we need to do. Let's get to this extra, extra, extra smooth interview with Mr. Chig Smooth from the Chig Smooth channel on YouTube. So I'm excited today because we have what I consider, because I just asked him what he, he prefers to be called. But I had this whole intro set up. So I was like, you know, YouTube extraordinaire, urban commentator, music connoisseur, you know, man with over 21 million views on YouTube. But, you know, he prefers like, you know, urban social commentator, urban blogger, but he's all of the above. He is a YouTube professional and Mr. Chig Smooth has entered the meeting he has entered the chat how are you doing today wow you are just gassing me lisa appreciate that though appreciate it i <laughs> i tried it i tried i do my best i'm hearing an accent do yes, i hear an yes. accent yes it is i'm actually nigerian uh born and raised um and i moved here when i was like nine years old so yeah okay okay because i know you said from nigeria where did you move to uh jersey slash new york area Okay, so now that's starting to raise my antennas about something. Well, we'll get to that later because now I'm starting to like, okay, maybe there is a connection there because I'm seeing Jersey and Jersey. Okay, (laughs) I think, think, okay. Now, you've been doing this for a minute though because I, you know, I did a little bit of research on you. You said you actually been doing this since 2008. But the channel that we see now, you actually started in 2012. Like you rebranded, you came back, you were like, I got to do something different. What brought you in, for those that don't know, into blogging? Like what made you say, you know what, I want to be a social commentator or I want a YouTube page. What made you start doing this? Um, So I've actually been into blogging uh, probably since like, since like 2009, 2010. 
there's a YouTuber that I used to watch. Uh, his name is Deadly X. He stopped doing YouTube, but he was sort of my inspiration. Um, he would just come on and, you know, whatever viral topic was going on at the time, he would talk about and sort of add kind of a funny aspect to it. And that kind of motivated me and said, yo, I can do that. Um, so ever since then, um, my channel started and my first channel started in like 08. And I was sort of doing like parodies and stuff like that. But then I sort of shifted, um, which is what I was doing on the second channel, talking about different topics that was going on. Um, so that was basically what got me into it. Um, just by watching other creators kind of do it. And I was like, hey, I really enjoy talking about these same things. And I feel like I can do it or even better. So what was there? Because I know you went to college too. What was your, were you in MassCom? No, uh, social work. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's yeah. a big shift. Yeah. Like once you started doing this, because this is not necessarily an easy thing to do. I think that is a misconception that people think like, hey, you know, you put a YouTube video out and it's just going to automatically, it's going to pop off. Mm -hmm. When you started doing this, and you just were like doing comedy or the comedy skits which they do pretty good on youtube you said you you said so yourself like you were doing pretty good why the shift then like what made you say you know what entertainment is just the way to go was it more so that you saw more views on it or was that more so where your passion was no um basically those were sort of my two different personalities um that i was basically into right i had one page where i was basically doing comedy which is what i like right i like to you know watch comedy shows comedy movies and parodies um i don't know if you were around youtube at the time but doing like comedy skits and like parodies were like hot back then mm -hmm. so i was also diving into that realm but then i also have a side of me that also enjoys hip-hop music um social media whatever was going on um in the culture so i basically made those two channels to sort of you know branch out and you know have those two different things going on okay that makes a lot of sense now in being in the youtube world because i know in the podcast i can't speak on the youtube world because i'm not in the youtube world right but it's really is it truly success in the consistency of just keep doing it because the algorithm likes you but there's a <laughs> lot of people who Everybody can't figure that. it out right no i mean it, it definitely takes a while right you know you, you do have those people that you know they'll get lucky and their first video will be viral, right? It'll be something so random, whether it's somebody like cooking a special kind of dish, it'll get shared on social media because the commentary was like funny, right? So you have those like instances where that happens and that's amazing. But for a lot of people, it takes a lot of grinding. Um, like you said, it's very, very tough. Um, you just gotta just be super consistent. Um, that's the number one thing that I learned is you have a lot of people um basically there's a lot of audience on youtube right and mm -hmm. depending on your specific niche and whatever topic or content that you want to provide it's there but they want to see all right can you entertain me all all day can you entertain me all week and can you also entertain me all month so you can't just drop one video and then don't drop another one for like two three months because okay. fans are going to be like, all right, this guy isn't really consistent. Like, you know, 
Now, don't get me wrong. There's certain audiences, right? There's maybe 2% of YouTubers that can do that, right? These mm -hmm. are guys that's already built audience and the audience enjoys what they watch. So whenever they drop, they get a crazy amount of views. But other people that's not lucky, you got to grind. You know, you got to consistently put out content, different type, you know, different kind of content just so that the audience can be entertained and they can know that, you know, hey, if I ever want to be entertained or be kept up to date with a certain topic, I can go to this guy's channel and I can watch exactly what I want to watch. Now, let, let me I'm going to ask you. So the YouTube, are you doing this full time now or are you still kind of doing it part time and then you're going to move into a full time lane? That's a great question because um, everyone always says like, yo, Chiggs, you know, like, how do you put out this many videos in like one day? No, um, I'm sort of doing this full time, but I still have like a full time nine to five job. So, okay. yeah. So I, are you a social I, worker? No, no, no. I work in tech. OK, OK, got you, got you. Used to be a social worker previously, but, you know, switched uh, careers sort of about five years ago um but yeah no i actually have a full-time job that i work um every single day uh monday monday through friday okay uh, yeah does does that scare your that you might do this full-time like this might be your gig does that scare your nigerian parents into like no you can't <laughs> do this <laughs> that's funny um they actually don't even know um i don't think that they know that i do youtube um really yeah yeah okay we don't know i mean they don't really care about i guess your profession unless you're making money right so as long as you're not being a bum you're not just sitting around you know if you're being productive they're not really gonna care too much what your career is they just want to make sure that you make enough to take care of them and also okay. take care of yourself okay now i, I want to ask you because you are from jersey and the way that i found you was this whole joe budden debacle because mm -hmm. your your video started to pop up do you know joe because it seems like you you and like academics had like this insight but like behind what was happening with the whole podcast thing or just was it you just paying a lot of attention I think, I don't know, you know, because people come to my channel for different things because I don't just do Joe Budden um, content. I do mm -hmm. other things, right? So people may come to my channel for like clubhouse clips that I post or if it's, you know, academics clips or, you know, my commentary that I'll post. So it's, it's different things. Um, I guess it's a combination of those three things that sort of, you know, got me a little bit of subscribers and popularity or whatever the case is no i do not know joe budden but okay um, we've, we've gotten acquainted with each other over the last two weeks um i've popped into his live and he's like shouted me out and you know he's bantered a little bit with me so he knows of me knows of my channel and knows of my content um but personally um we don't have kind of that relationship um i was just a fan who basically um you know just like youtubers you know you basically make a video state a very informed opinion right you know you gotta mm -hmm. do a little bit of research you gotta be informed right you can't just listen to like one episode and then try to make a video right i've been listening to joe's podcast since probably 2016 so i i kind of knew what was going on um and then as things started to unfold i would then talk about it 
Okay. Yeah, because I, I was like, okay, he's from Jersey. Joe is from Jersey. I was because I know you're a lot younger than Joe, though. So I was yeah. like, I know you didn't grow up together, but I was like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of a connection there because I was going to say you, you got some insight for us about what is going down, <laughs> like coming down the pipeway. But yeah, he did shout you out, which I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Speaking yeah. of also being shouted out, Van Latham um, shouted yeah, shout you out. out shout out Van, he's a real cool guy. As well, which is which is awesome. What do you think is the turning point? Because at one point, celebrities were like, they didn't really care about the blogs. They didn't really take them seriously. And now blogs are the media. You, you want to pop off. You want to be in the blogs. You want to be on the shade room. You want, you know, Vlad, you want all of that. What, what do you think changed it where they started embracing blogs and commentators? I think that, you know, most of the older guys that's in media, not like super old, but, you know, late 30s, late 40s, you know, they start to kind of realize that some of these younger bloggers are actually the ones that are in tune with the culture, right? Okay. They know what's what's going on. They know what kids are sort of watching and paying that pain you know paying mind to right so those guys will basically see all right you know who are these bloggers who are these next bloggers and you know that's when you know they'll maybe find my channel other channels as well on youtube that also do sort of the same content you know okay um so yeah and it's kind of dope that they're showing love because it wasn't like that before you know some of these older guys um they used to be you know i guess jealous of like the next person that's coming up which would be super weird um because you would think that they would want to show love and sort of you know give them some sort of shine right so mm -hmm. um yeah i just think it's dope that they're actually you know watching what's going on because there's going to be a new wave of media guys and media personalities coming up and i think some of these guys want to sort of be in tune with who those people are do you think that the media platforms, the big ones, are getting it wrong? Like, you know, your Revolt, your MTVs, that they're not pulling a lot of these younger bloggers. They're not pulling them to be on the shows. Like, we're getting, like, Charlemagne, shout Charlemagne all the way out. I respect yeah. Charlemagne, but he's getting a talk show instead of, like, going to some of these other platforms. Do you think they're getting it wrong? Um, I don't think that they're getting it wrong. Um, I think it's just more so. They don't really sometimes they may not know what's really going on um you know shout out to charlamagne he's actually one of the few media guys that will reach back down and pull up some of the new guys um he had a show a couple years back where he was basically reaching out to social media personalities to basically trying to find the next you know the next creator or whatever that'll pop off um so it's it's not really a matter of them getting it wrong um sometimes they just don't know you know they don't know what's really going on because they have so much going on at their level where you know they just i guess not really looking out for who these next people are would you do a show like would you move away from youtube because i know a lot of youtubers are like no i want to own my own content i mm -hmm. don't want anybody else to own it would you if somebody reached out to say hey you know we'll buy your your rights or whatever no 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 i would probably never leave youtube because those are the people that you know support you from day one because i would you know i would definitely work with 
any kind of network um, to make any kind of commentary show or, you know, whatever the case is. But I would never leave YouTube because that's sort of my uh, foundation, right? Those are, you know, the subscribers that follow you. They've they've been in touch with you from like day one. These guys are the ones that's going to be there when those big corporations lay you off. You can't just come back crawling back to them, right? So it's very, very important to sort of stay grounded to, you know, your foundation. You can obviously branch out, you know, and mm -hmm. do certain things and work for different kind of media companies. Again, I would love to work for, you know, any kind of companies, but I'm never leaving, leaving uh, YouTube. You know, there's, there's way too much freedom on there. Um, there's way too much growth support. Um, you know, I don't like to be censored in my kind of content that I do. So okay. I, yeah, you know, that's just not something that I would probably never do. Yeah, I could see you on a, like a everyday struggle 2.0. Like if they recreated it to do something different, like a different version of that, I could see mm -hmm. you doing a commentating like show like that. Um, I, could, I could definitely see it. I mean, you can still do YouTube, but I mean, maybe one day, perhaps. Now, YouTube is also cut. It can be cutthroat. A lot of the creators, when you see somebody who takes your content or does something, do you do you reach out like, hey, that's that's mine. Like you you taking my stuff and you like reusing it because, you know, a lot of times in the blog world, they will take other people's stuff and they don't always give credit. Has that happened to you? Oh, yeah, of course. Plenty of times. Um, I'll like do certain reposts and, you know, the game and the blog world is who's going to be the first to sort of post it. Um, and then everyone else follows, you know, I'm sure that's something that you're seeing is that you post something and then you see another site posted and you're looking like, wait, you kind of posted it because I posted it and you saw that this was getting traction. So now you posted it. Um, and then as far as different content, um, you know, when I would get like Clubhouse clips, I would see channels take it. Um, I don't really care, but as long as you just say, yo, I got it from this channel that's fine you know just like giving credit that's that's fine and you know that's something that some of these bloggers don't really get yet which is fine um because that's the game you know that's the youtube game you know everyone sort of takes everyone's videos and makes it as as their own but for me i always try to give credit i don't like to take people's clips or videos or whatever the case is um but when i do i make sure that i give credit uh because why not you know, it's it's only going to, you know, make that person feel good saying, hey, this person watched my video and give me a shout out. Um, but just blatantly taking people's things and, you know, and not really giving credit. That's yeah, that's not OK. But that's the game. You know, when you're blogging, you should know that a thousand other channels are going to sort of take your same content, um, even if that's not really what their channel is based on. People just like to see numbers. If they see that one video is spiking up, um, we can take Wack, for example, right? Um, mm -hmm. Pretty much any of his Clubhouse clips are going viral. I was pretty much one of the only channels that was really posting Wack on Clubhouse. You were first, right? Yeah, yeah. Because um, like people really didn't know Wack and they didn't know how funny and entertaining and sort of um, global he, he can be. Wax says a lot of funny things. He can also be very serious. Mm -hmm. He's very, very polarizing, right? 
So people are hanging on to see what he's going to say next. And I knew this this early on, which is why I would post them, you know. But now you're starting to see a million other channels post whack, you know, which is fine, you know, but that's that's just blogging you know if have you ever had anybody reach things? out to you like take that down like like take whack for example he sees that you put it up there you were first and he like comes at your neck have you had that yet where somebody is like take it down i'm ceasing desisting you and all of that you've not had that no no so whack knows that pretty much anytime he gets on clubhouse he knows that people are gonna sort of record it and put it out um academics takes a lot of wax clips um sometimes even before i post them um so no like people know that if they're like on clubhouse that it's probably gonna be recorded and probably gonna go out there so they try not to say anything too bad um but no no one has really asked me to like oh actually there was something that i posted um now now that i think about it there was something that i posted um let me just give you a hint right it was basically okay. whack saying that the wife of an ex-football player slept with Ray J. Okay. Um, that seems that seems plausible. Yeah, <laughs> Alleged, I, allegedly, <laughs> but it seems plausible. It was it was it was such a funny story, right? And I posted this at like midnight, right? Went to bed and then around, you know, because I wake up super super early. Around 5 30 in the morning, I'm up check my emails i see that the same person that was talked about emailed me i was like hey do you mind taking this down i don't know who whack is this is a false story um please take this down so that was probably the first and only time that has ever happened and i was like all right you know since i don't really have any proof that you did this and mm -hmm. this is kind of like the first time that this has happened I don't want to, you know, ruin anything that you have going on currently. So I just took it down. Like, I know, especially with Cardi B and yeah. a lot of the other people. So you kind of have to trade lightly. That's why when people say, like, they think that YouTube is an easy thing. I was like, no, you have to navigate yeah. copyright yeah. law. You have yeah. to know how to edit and what content to actually put out there. Now, I want to just kind of ask you, would you do podcasting? Because blogging and, and social commentary is, is similar. It's, it is very similar to podcasting. Mm -hmm. Would you do it? Um, It would have to be with the right co-host and centered around the right topic, right? Because nowadays, you and I know that everyone has a podcast because everyone feels like they have a voice and they can talk about certain things, but podcasting is a lot you have to sit there for about an hour to two hours basically dissecting a certain topic and mm -hmm. making sure that it's packaged in a very entertaining fashion for fans and you have to make sure that you do that once or twice a week for pretty much two three years whatever the case is right so podcasting can be good it can also be be bad because people can see oh wait this guy is kind of boring he doesn't have anything compelling to say um so it would have to be with the right co-host because i think that's what really makes it fun um if you're able to just trade off each other jokes or different things like that but um you I have on your live though huh? I, I went to a lot i was actually on one of your lives 
yeah. you out it was with the joe button yeah um situation i was there the guy with you i don't remember who, who what his name was i think that would be pretty dope that would that's be a dope parent yeah 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 that's my guy chris yeah shout out chris um yeah he's he's a really good host um co-host but i don't know if he's into like the media things chris does a okay. lot of things behind the scenes um he's actually filming a show that's gonna be on my channel um so yeah no i don't know it would it would have to be with two people with the right mindset um to really make it work because i've seen podcasts start up and two three episodes and they're done that's the average the average lasts about two to three yeah. episodes yeah, it's and it's like it jesus i know <laughs> like it, it's not have you tried easy. to with a co well i was on another podcast that had co-hosts and again it that's what starts happening people right. saw it oh i want to sit over here in the chair number one and then it starts you start to see the egos and everybody's thoughts to clash yeah. but i think that podcasting is is still booming i think it's one of those things where you just you got to strike lightning in, in a bottle which is yeah. hard to do everybody not gonna be joe rogan would mm -hmm. joe button who i call the king of the black pods joe rogan yeah. is the king of the podcast mm -hmm. joe button is the king of the black podcast but that youtube is something different though because i talked to glozell so i know that youtube money is deep and you yeah. it, it it tends to yeah. come a lot quicker if you know how to do it right uh, what would you give what advice would you give to a newer podcaster that is just getting started and going into such a saturated lane as music because you used to do like music reviews entertainment yeah entertainment in the black i think youtube space is really competitive what would you tell them what advice would you give number one i would say just make sure that you're passionate about okay. it okay like that's that's off the rip the number one thing if it's not in your heart if you're doing it because you feel like you can get a certain amount of money from it it's not gonna happen right people can tell when someone is passionate about something whether that's information sports education that you want to teach people something you have to be passionate if not it's not going to work um entertainment and content creation is not for everybody right you may look at the money the lifestyle and and think okay let me just get into this because it's gonna pay me this it's not gonna happen so that's number one number two is consistency right you have to make sure that no matter what you do you have to keep on doing it you can't stop you can't get lazy um you have to keep putting out content constantly and then third just make sure that you're having fun with it make sure that it's something that you're going to look back on and say you know this was fun you know because fans can tell if you don't want to do something it can translate through body language through audio video whatever the case is so those would be my three different advice that i'll give and that's some great advice it's sound advice and i think it actually goes across spectrums the same thing could be said about podcasting or anything you do yeah. in life really but for those of, of that may be being introduced to you how can they follow you on youtube or in, and on social media and if you have like a website or like a book or anything that's coming out sure you can follow me on youtube just type in chick smooth um subscribe to my channel and make sure that you hit that notification bell it lets you know when i upload i do have an instagram it's chick smooth you can follow me there but i don't have content on there yet um i'm still sorting out what i want to do with that page 
if I want to make it a blog page, but it's where subscribers can basically message me directly. Um, if they want to ask me for like promo, which I would say email me, but you know, people will write me there or if they want to ask me questions or different things like that. So those are the two platforms that, that I'm on. I'm getting a discord channel soon. Um, I heard that on a podcast you were talking about that. Somebody yeah. was trying to convince you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. You really, I stalk a little bit. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've been thinking about getting on, on Discord um, to sort of find a way to directly talk to people that really rock with me. Um, I just haven't had the time, but I think this week I'm going to have that sorted out. So, yeah, YouTube and, and Instagram, Chicks Move. Okay, awesome. And before I let you go, because I said 30 and I'm going to hold, hold myself to 30. <laughs> you said you were a comedy guy. Who is your top three? Top three? I'd go number one for sure, Kevin Hart. Number okay. two, I gotta go with the GOAT, Dave Chappelle. Okay. Number three, I would put Eddie Murphy there because I, I grew up watching him. Um, and he's he's a really good comedian, but Kevin Hart is my number one. And I know some fans may disagree with that. That's fine. Um, but he's just pretty much anything he says to me is funny. I like his work ethic um and yeah he's for me personally for my generation i'd put him at number one okay all right because i was gonna ask you why i was like okay i mean everybody's has is entitled to their own What's opinion even if, even if you don't agree my my favorite comedian of all time is chris rock then i have dave chappelle and then rounding off the number three is probably going to be D.L. Hughley. I'm more of a political comedy kind uh, of girl. Okay. All right, yeah, I like I like somebody that's going to tell me a story and bring me bring me with. But I love stand up comedy. Like I am a stand up comedy connoisseur. I will watch any stand up, even the newer people, which I think now we're seeing like a change. A lot of the YouTubers are the new comedians we're not getting a lot of that stand-up anymore it's the opposite you're a youtuber first or insta on social media and then you are a stand-up comedian so we'll see how this turns out but i think it's some some really good ones like ryan davis and, and desi who ryan are coming davis. up that are, yeah. are really really funny i so i'm looking forward to it and maybe you you said you might do <laughs> no. perhaps <laughs> I, I don't know perhaps maybe we get some comedy out of it <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll see. If Comedy Central wants to throw me a huge bag to get on there, get on stage, <laughs> tell, tell some lame jokes for about an hour, I would gladly accept that bag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> see, Comedy that, Central, uh, call him. Call <laughs> him. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for coming to Millennials Anonymous, even though you are technically probably not a millennial. You're probably Generation Z, but that's okay. All is welcome. No, I am. I am. I'm a uh, 28. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, you you see, you he made the well, cutoff. He is a millennial. You do look younger. Okay, okay, okay. You sure. do, which is not a bad thing. That's no. a good thing. That's a really, really good thing. Was black don't crack. It really don't. But I appreciate you for coming through to Millennials Anonymous. You can come back anytime. And once you blow up and you on all the shows and you got all the talk shows and stuff, you definitely got to come back. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much for, for having me. You know, I think you guys have a really great platform and it's it's good. I'm not sure if this is the only platform that actually highlights 
you know, millennials that's actually doing stuff. Um, but, you know, this is the first one that I've seen and, you know, keep it up. You know, you guys are definitely going somewhere. This is very Thank much you. needed for sure. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Much, much appreciated. All right, let's get into these top 10 trending topics of the week. Let's start off with these politics. Let's get these politicals going because, you know, it's a lot. It, it has gone down. Okay. It has gone all the way down. And I am not sure. It just seemed ill advised, unwise, unprepared. Like, I don't know whose idea it was to pull the troops out before you pulled the people out the plan of to to leave the equipment there or to take the equipment so it's not in the hands of the taliban like none of it makes any sense per cnn the united states carried out afghanistan drone strikes in cabal so the drone strikes took place in nangahar which came a day after uncle joe was like you know what this shit is not okay all right like this shit is about to go down and he vowed to retaliate for the terrorist attacks on thursday that killed 13 united states service members and at least 70 170 people excuse me outside of the cabal international airport now this shit is crazy like what happened was chaotic we to see those people like grabbing on and holding on to a plane and falling just tells you what state that country is in right now and honestly i don't know what joe biden was doing this is a test of now joe biden is not just getting away with not being trump now joe biden has to really show that he can be the president of the united states and things are not looking good for him but this shit that is going on in afghanistan blow mind-blowing like if you go back and you look at how much money we spent in afghanistan for this to happen we have been there for 20 years there are i believe they said like a large percentage of their population wasn't even born in 2001 so the fact that you have new people who have come in and kind of replaced the old people despite not being a part and the amount of money that we spent there and the amount of time we spent there is it's disheartening we spent a hundred billion dollars rebuilding Afghanistan to the point where, and this is, I'm gonna say alleged, they didn't know what the fuck to do with the money. They, they, they were just spending it anywhere. They was building shit they didn't need. They was building schools and the ghost projects. They, they build the queen, the queen child's project from power. Like they was just, they was just building shit. Okay. <laughs> And they were, it was racketeering going on, like little schemes going on. The the amount of, like, I know they told us that this was not a country building effort, but it appears allegedly that it was. It, it appeared that we were trying to rebuild because at this point, I think even when we went in there, we knew we could not win this war. It was a war that was unwinnable. George Bush and them was like, you know what? We just, we got to do this or whatever. But they knew that it wasn't winnable. Donald Rumsfeld knew it wasn't a winnable war and we went in there anyway. We knew we would not be able to get out, which is crazy because I was like, we did this shit in Vietnam. Why are we doing it again? I... And it's sad because I don't know if we'll look back at Joe Biden and say Joe Biden did. He didn't do it well. It wasn't executed well. It was executed poorly. Too many people died. I feel like that could have probably not have. But I don't think that there's any plan that would have 
in in, in Afghanistan that would have consisted of someone not losing their life. And so when we went in there, they was already Rihanna running this town. Like they was running Afghanistan in 2001 when we came in. We ousted the Taliban because the Taliban was helping Al Qaeda. And it's crazy because now they like the Bloods and the Crips. Like, you know, the, you, you got the Taliban over there like, uh-uh, them ISIS people, they don't even, they ain't, they ain't hard like us. And then you got ISIS saying, no, them Taliban ain't hard like us or whatever. They don't, they don't even be doing it like we be doing it. That they be, They're talking about each other now. Like, they beefing with each other. Like, it, it's just one of those things where I don't know what the solution is because it's about to go down and speaking of about to go down yes 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 the united states army is in a contract with clearview and if you are not familiar with clearview ai let me explain something it uses a face recognition algorithm that includes billions of photos that are uploaded to social media every single day so basically what their system does is it matches any photo that is scanned against a photo from twitter facebook instagram youtube linkedin TikTok, and all the other social media platforms and the most controversial part about it is because they're doing this without your consent. So it's possible that your face, because I think the LAPD was using this technology and it has become very, it's like controversial. Like it's a controversial AI it, it, because you don't know that they have your images and your likeness. You have no idea what they're doing with it. We have where they got them from. They have them from all over. But the United States Army is now supposedly in a contract with Clearview AI to help them with an algorithm for crime detection and prevention, according to the Business Insider, which learned this through acquisition of public documents. I don't know if there wasn't anybody else's that could have got this contract. Cause I was like, um, y'all had seen that story that had came on. I think it was on like, what was it on the Today Show or something like that. I was like, I know the United States Army people will be watching the Today Show. Everybody watch it. Okay. Everybody has seen it. So I know y'all saw that with him on it. And you saw it and then y'all went. Yeah, people don't like this and it's hella controversial because, you know, Google, Facebook, Twitter and other platforms have accused Clearview AI of violating their terms of service for unauthorized uses of the videos and images. But it's semi like I, I don't get it. Come on. We got to do better. And I know a lot of y'all are out here worrying about getting chipped from this from the goddamn COVID vaccination. Right? Y'all are worried about getting chipped from that, but you not worried the fact that they got every image that you ever uploaded ever gotcha, bitch. on social media and they didn't need to chip you to do it. You gave it to them willingly. That shit is baffling. It really is. And it is fucking crazy. And speaking of fucking crazy, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is out here. They like, we don't even know what to do. We don't even have enough people. We don't have enough managers to go out in the middle of the street and change and rotate tires and change y'all all no more. Excuse we don't me, have nobody bitch. that can be out here with that little iPad making sure the lines move. We don't have that, okay? We are short. 
and three Chick-fil-A's in Alabama said that they can't find employees, so they had to close permanently. Try me, bitch. This shit is getting out of hand. Like, I, I know that a lot of y'all businesses is in here like, I don't even know why why we can't have no employees. Like, why are employees ain't coming back? Why are they staying on unemployment? Listen, I know that there's this rumor that out that people just want to sit home and be lazy as fuck, which some people do. I ain't going to lie to you. I know a few. Try me, bitch. But for the most part, most people are not going to want to intentionally struggle. So if somebody feels that they need to leave their job in order to get unemployment and they're getting more money in unemployment, it probably means that they never made enough money in the first place. Like, let's start there. Yeah! The biggest issue is not that people are getting too much money on unemployment. The biggest issue is that they never made enough money in the first place. There's no way that unemployment insurance should pay them more than their actual salaries. And I know some of y'all trying to get really clever and cute and, and start paying these because a lot of the people in, in those fast food restaurants are high school students and teenagers. So y'all are paying teenagers and high school students like 18 or $20 an hour, which is great. But at the same time, you are limiting them to like five to 10 hours a week. So no one is really getting the full advantage of making this much money in fast food. And even if let's just be a hundred, let's keep it a hundred. You can't really live off of $18 an hour in the United States. Look at how much rent costs. You can't do much with that. You can't. By the time you gas insurance, like food, like food, milk is higher than a motherfucker. Like it's like $10 now. You just be like, whoa, that shit got high. Like, mm, I'm gonna have to buy me a cow. Like, it's 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 expensive. Life is expensive now. And so for y'all to not know this, I'm gonna need you to get it together. Chick-fil-A, y'all are supposed to be the chicken of the Lord. Y'all have him on the main line. Y'all didn't notice. Y'all didn't notice. Come on now. Come on now. And speaking of come on now, R. Kelly, Robert, 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 Robert Kelly finally admitted to something that we all knew. Unfortunately, too many people knew and nobody gave a fuck that he married Aaliyah when she was just a child. She was 15 years old. What? And he went and got a fake ID to say that what? she was 18 years old so that they could get what? married. All right, which was later annulled. So they got married in 94 and it was annulled in 95 by her family, but he did marry this child and way too many people knew. Okay, I was watching a documentary and I think his manager or something or roadie or somebody at the time said, I was at the wedding and it was a beautiful wedding. I was like, you watch at 27, I think he was 27 at the time, a 20, 27 or 29 years old, a almost 30 year old man marry a 15 year old girl and you thought it was beautiful. Okay, you need your ass locked up too. Like I'm tired of y'all saying, well, we hard can, but what about this one? And, and what about that one? And, and, and him too. And, and I'm like, Listen, R. Kelly is where he need to be. Jail. That's where he belong. He's right where he belong. Like, he belong. Him in jail. He is like, Mariah, we belong together. Like, they belong together. Jail and R. Kelly go together like babies and pacifiers. Old, old dirty, dog, no liar. Okay? You, he, he belongs there. Like, we don't need to get him out. 
he just admitted it. So all of y'all people that for the longest time was like, it's a lie. I don't even believe it. They trying to take down a black man. They taking down a black man. I was like, you are protecting this black man that preyed upon black girls taking down black women. Shit don't even make sense. And now he admitted that shit out loud. Like, it's not even like it's fake. Like, he's actually in, in court. I don't know what his defense attorneys are doing, but this shit is bad. Like, it's it's pretty bad. Like, when you are have somebody on the stand and your goal is, is to try to say that they are not credible. And then when you ask them a question, they prove themselves to be more than credible. And then your solution to the fact that you just proved them even more credible is to question yourself as the attorney. It's problematic. And that's kind of what's happening. And I'm like, I don't know where you found her. Um, I know she's not like a public defender. So, I mean, she, I, I don't know what's happening. Um, I don't know if that's what happened when you have a client that's that guilty where it's just like, I fuck it. Like, it's, I don't know what the plan is. But I'm, I like if I were R. Kelly, I would probably be get, making myself really comfortable because you're never probably leaving. OK, you're going to stay there for a while and you deserve to be. And so we learned that we, we learned a lot, allegedly preying on people in parking lots and McDonald's and allegedly males and females like it didn't matter. Just as long as it was a child that he could control, allegedly, that's what he went for. And it was just, it's crazy. So we're starting to see a lot of the girlfriends that wouldn't talk. Now they're starting to talk. Things are starting to unravel quick. But we already knew this. But we ignored it because we cried about, I believe I can fly at our fifth grade graduation. And we didn't want to believe that that song in Space Jam and the man that made all this amazing music wasn't a monster. He always been a monster. We just wanted to keep that monster under our bed so that we can feel comfortable about it mm -hmm. and speaking of mm -hmm, Aaliyah's uncle decided that he was going to pull a stunt I guess he thought he was Kanye where he has all of the rights to her music and he decided that it's been 20 years since we've been able to get her music on any type of music platform. But he said, no, well, not me, because like sidebar to a sidebar. I'm an Aaliyah fan. OK, like I'm a fan fan. Like I wanted to be her when I was little. I wanted to wear my hair like her. I wanted her clothes like her. Like she was just she was everything to me when I was a kid. And I had the album and I downloaded that to my Amazon Music at the time it was Yahoo, whatever. I don't know what the fuck it was. But I downloaded it to that and I've had that. I've been listening to one in a million every week since like the 2001. Like, I don't know where the fuck y'all been at, but I've been I've been at this fucking music. So <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But he decided that he was going to release it on the day we found out that he married Elise Aaliyah when she was 15 years old. I don't know if he did it to try to distract from this information, but it just it's very it's sickening to me. And he's been making his rounds on different podcasts and radio shows. He was on the Rookie Smiley radio show. He was on Big Tigger's podcast. And he's been giving some information. So when people asked him, was he upset by, you know, finding out this information about R. Kelly? Because he knew back then, like, we're not going to pretend like Uncle Hank didn't know back then what the fuck was going on. Like, he knew what was going on. Right? So... 
when this all started to come out and people asked was he upset he said of course he was upset that Aaliyah you know his his niece um was being like abused by R. Kelly but he wasn't a violent man he's not a criminal I don't do violence and I spoke to Louis Farrakhan and he told me to don't do anything about it it will come back to him I guess like in the universe like a karma type of thing and it was no point of ruining two careers now listen R. Kelly continued to rape allegedly and abuse children for years so that Aaliyah's uncle could save his career because mind you R. Kelly was supposed to be like a a mentee of his I think at one point he may have been a, a under his management like he knew like even if you wasn't there you heard it through the grapevine them raisins was singing them california raisins was singing to you baby you knew you heard it through the grapevine that some shit was not kosher and you ignored it so that you can continue to make money off of the music that r kelly and Aaliyah made that's what this is to me in my opinion that's what i hear i hear I wanted to protect myself so I can make as much money as possible. And that's what he continued to do. Now, mind you, Mr. Uncle Hank, I have not forgotten about you, what you did to JoJo. Mm-mm, I ain't forgot about what you did to JoJo and she couldn't make no music. I ain't forget about that neither, okay? He had, had her all wrapped up in a fucked up contract. Like it was, mm-mm. And I, JoJo was a bomb ass singer. Like you had JoJo all fucked up with the music. Like she couldn't perform. It was fucked up he really had her fucked up it's very sad it seemed like a lot of people in Aaliyah's life unfortunately failed her it's very very sad but one person that pops up quite a bit is Dame Dash because he was dating Aaliyah and he actually went on to tell a story about Hype Williams now if you are too young you may not know Hype Williams Hype Williams was a a, like a hip-hop urban rap type of producer like all the songs that had videos in the 90s the mid 90 mid to late 90s and the early 2000s was hype williams he had his hands all over it was hype williams that came on in the beginning of all those videos they all said hype williams and allegedly Aaliyah did not want to get on that plane uh, uh, so this is according to dame dash and other people they said she didn't like the plane she said she didn't like it she she did not like this plane so uh, allegedly Lenny Kravitz allowed her to borrow his plane. So he sent down his private jet for Aaliyah, but she never got a chance to get on it because Hype Williams took the plane. Now, I, this is all in Dame Dash. I don't know how true this is. Hype Williams has not come out to say this is true or not true, but it's very sad. And then you start hearing more information that's coming out. I don't, it's not verified information, but you start hearing more information about people who were there that day that said that she didn't want to get on the plane. Like there's allegedly that she was drugged and carried onto the plane, but it wasn't with her will. Uh, you know, it, it it's just sad. And then, you know, you start to hear the aftermath about the autopsy report that came out and that, you know, some people did survive the crash, but you know, perished in the fight. Like, it's just, it's sad. And so, like, some things I feel like we, should, we shouldn't know, just like, le- like, let's let that be. Because it's like, it's not a whole lot we can do about that now that it's happened. But it's just a sad day. Just a sad day. But Aaliyah, 
rest in peace she's one of the greatest she really did change the scheme of r&b and hip-hop she she blended it so well and she was absolutely fucking stunning baby stunning and taco bell said hey you know what I know last year y'all was all running around fighting each other over the chicken sandwich from Popeye's. Okay, love that chicken from Popeye's. But y'all ain't had a chicken sandwich till you had a chicken taco, baby. Yes, baby. You gonna eat this chicken taco. Um, first of all, Taco Bell, like you a year too late. The chicken sandwich phase has it has fleeted, okay? It has left. All right, you a little late. Your plane has left. It, it is past the gate. It, it flew. It's, it's at its destination. And so I don't know why you decided to do this. Don't nobody like the regular tacos. So you decided you was going to take a chicken patty, a, a lunchtime school chicken patty, fold that bitch up and put it on a tortilla. Who told y'all anyone wanted that? Like, I no one asked. Why would you do this? No one asked. That just, it sounds nasty. It's nasty. Don't nobody want that. Don't nobody want it at all. Like, I, I'm so upset, Taco Bell. But I guess we can't be too disappointed because it's Taco Bell. So, there's that. And speaking of there's that, Kanye and Drake are beefing again. And so, this is the beef wars, the... I don't know if Drake is a billionaire, but he's probably going to be. So the billionaire rap beef wars, I guess, where you have Kanye and Drake kind of like slight jabbing. You know, I could just I feel like if they did fight, it would be like it would be gentle. OK, it would be gentle, slow punches like it, it really it, it wouldn't be like harmful okay so I, I i don't know how harmful this is even though kanye west did give out drake's address allegedly which i'm like kanye why would you why would you do that like it that's just very childish like it, it doesn't make any sense now he did delete it the post that he put out but very very childish only for drake to turn around and drake's fans as allegedly vandalized kanye's childhood home and i think that's also fucked up because you know that reminds him of his mother like what come on fans it's, it's not that serious kanye and drake might even play in this shit like just y'all stop but also drake decided that he was going to take over espn uh, and released and tell people when his album was coming so that he could take Kanye's thunder, which is just stupid. Like, come on, Drake. Like, we, you know, people gonna buy your music regardless. Like, let's just let this shit go. Kanye is out here staging weddings. He needs this attention. He out here looking like Bane. Like, it's just, it's a lot of stuff going on. I just, I don't like it, okay? And I don't need you to be making him in the news more like i'm tired of talking about kanye and i want kanye to go sit down like i i think kanye needs to have 15 seats like i said we don't even know if that's kanye because this motherfucker has had on the bane or mexican wrestler mask for about a year okay like i get that it's covid which I, we appreciate you kanye for being out here with a mask on okay but we need you to sit down we we need you to sit 
your ass down because now you upset that your album came out you say it did it was against your will it, you didn't say you wanted it out and it got leaked out or by, released by the the label without your permission you were saying that oh you didn't get approvals on this we didn't get approvals on that and then people's managers coming out yeah we did we got we approved it uh-huh we did we did that remember remember i sent you that email mm-hmm. we sent you so i don't know kanye if this is because you're afraid that the numbers are not gonna look like the way you want them to look but it's out kanye just let it be whatever it is is what it is that's that's all i'm saying i've not heard this but you have some questionable choices between Marilyn Manson and the baby, I know. And a high school teacher makes a startling analysis about the younger generations. Yes, he said that he believes that the younger generation is stupid or dumber. I, I'm like, listen, this it's a it's a teacher, high school teacher, a California high school teacher. Now, listen, I, I feel like this is, and I think I saw, I saw this on the shade room. I think this is a bit much. Uh, I, I think every previous generation or no, technically our generation would be millennials and millennials aren't saying this. I think this is coming from a lot of the baby boomers, generation X, older said generation X, that which I'm like, first of all, generation X, these is y'all kids. So y'all calling y'all own kids dumb? Like what the fuck? But anyway, I feel like a lot of the issue is a gap in culture. So things have changed. Back when we were in school and when they were in school, there were a lot of things that we taught children that they didn't need. Like there were a lot of things that we don't need anymore. There's too many systems and processes and computers out now that do that stuff for us. Like I learned how to do statistics only for them to show us oh this is this machine SPSS that actually does all of this for you you will never need to calculate this by hand ever because if you if the shit doesn't work you're just not going to do it that day like it's never going to be a time where they're like oh this machine is down now I need you to tell me if this train is going in that direction at this speed and this train is going at that speed tell me when they will meet like no you will never need to do that like that, that's just unnecessary it's not needed ever like there's very few people that have ever needed to solve for x at work there is very few like i'm not saying that this stuff is not needed or not yeah i'm not gonna say it's not needed but I think things have changed and we need to be able to evolve to teach children the things that they need to know. Now, I do agree that there are some areas that, yes, the newer generation is not as great at. Of course, attention span, because instead of us learning how to elongate the attention of children and adults, we just shorten everything. And so everybody has this real short memory because we're like, oh, instead of bringing them back where they could be, we're just going to shorten everything to make it easier for everyone because we can make money off of that, which is unfortunate. So I think when it comes to attention spans and memories and, and learning things, because when you're learning in sound bites, you are going to miss a bunch. Like when you learn history in 160 characters, do you know how much shit you miss? Like, history is fucked. These kids don't know shit about history. They don't know shit about civics. They don't know shit about finances. They don't know shit about any of that because they're learning it on TikTok. And you can't... TikTok, what'd you get? 30, 30 seconds? 
15 seconds to get this shit across. Like you, you're gonna miss so much and people need the clickbait. So you're teaching children wrong information in order to go viral. And this is the information that they are consuming. So yes, there are sometimes, especially as a parent where I'm like, what is we gonna do like i'm just i don't know what we about to do like i've told y'all a million times about my concern when i go into the store and now that physical money is not as important so a lot of kids don't know how to count money and they don't really teach them that in school as much so then you have a lot of kids who are cashiers and they have to do 10 equations to get you change back which is problematic so I, we need to do something. We can't just call them dumb. These are our children. We can't just call them dumb. We got to do something about it. Duh. And speaking of, oh my gosh, an Alabama sheriff looks just like The Rock. He looks like The Rock to Dwayne Johnson. I had to double. I thought it was The Rock. When I saw the picture, I was like, yeah, that's the same person. And it was not. So this, and it's interesting because he has fans. I, I'm like, Okay, what is we gonna do? Like, we have people who have fans for looking like other people who actually have fans. Like, it, it's just, we need, do we need entertainment this fucking bad? Like, it's just like anything is, can go, like, y'all been falling off crates. Y'all been, y'all have been internally injuring y'all spleens to get a few likes. Now, you can get the few likes and you can go viral, but I can guarantee you that a fucking ruptured spleen will last a lot longer than a fucking circulation on Facebook. Like, why are y'all doing that? It don't even make sense. Like, if you see 15,000 people fall, you decide, you know what? I think I want to try that. I, I think I'd seen him bust his face open. I think I think I want to do that. Like, what makes y'all want to do that? Is this the this is this the attention part? Is this the dumb part that he talked about? Because if it is, I'm I'm I had defended y'all, but now I'm like, I kind of agree because this shit is getting out of hand. And like a lot of people been asking y'all that. Where the fuck are y'all getting them crates from? Are y'all stealing that from from like your local grocery store? Y'all are committing grand theft in order to bust y'all ass on a few crates. Def like, y'all are literally, y'all, okay. I can't. You gonna get a, some of y'all might even get arrested before y'all can even do the crate challenge. Like, it just, why? What is the purpose? Like, what, who started this? Like, I, I just want to know who started it. And then I want to know who followed it because I blame you, okay? And we need to give some heartfelt, some hugs and some help to New Orleans. Yes, yes. And, and it's crazy because it seems like, it, it, it seems like we've gone in a time machine. We have Afghanistan, a, a war in Afghanistan popping back off and it sounds like we're having another hurricane a major hurricane that is hitting New Orleans it seems like we are going through 2000 all over again it's crazy Hurricane Ida hits New Orleans and it knocks out the entire power for the entire city of New Orleans if that is not a storm for your ass, I don't know what is. I don't know what to tell you. And knocked out the whole, I don't even know if that's ever happened. 
these types of very violent storms never i went outside i thought i literally thought my skin was going to melt like i felt like i was in the rotisserie i feel like i was cooking i'm like oh i gotta be done soon because this is not this is not it i felt bad for everything i had ever cooked i was like oh i know how you feel this is not it like what are we gonna do and i hope everybody down there stays safe i hope they were able to get most people out of there because we know what happened with katrina and we do not need another one so i need everybody to be safe and if you can help somebody help them okay so this has been your top 10 trending topics let's get into this outro baby all right, I want to thank everybody for listening and tune in to a brand new episode of Millennials Anonymous podcast. Yes, we will be back again next week. We will be talking to Miss Tan Tanya. She will be on here. I am so excited in order to uh, have you guys meet and, and hear from a lot of these different um, people from all different walks of life, giving information. So if there's something that I'm kind of like missing, let me know. I'll try to find someone, an expert, not myself, an actual fucking expert that can help you. Or if it's something that you do want to like, girl, what you think about this? Like, let me know. Just send me an email or whatever. And I would be glad. Or if you want to be on the, sh the show, like a pan you want to do a panel, like you're not necessarily an expert in anything, but you're like, hey, I'll talk. I'll shoot the shit with you. I'll shoot the breeze. Like, like send me an email do that okay so you can send me an email you can go to www.millennialswithaz.us to do that well we will be back again next week thank you so much chicks booth for being on here you were such a great guest you can come back any absolutely anytime you want have a great day and i need y'all to stay safe out there okay stay safe bye